You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Hot Take Hotbox. That's right. We are back here to talk about our Philadelphia Eagles. We have a playoff game coming up this weekend, Ty. I don't know if you're too excited about it. I'm, I know I'm. I, I, I guess I'm kind of excited, but uh, you know I'm not there yet. We're gonna we're gonna get there by the end of this podcast. This is the Hopefully. Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. Ty, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, listen, we're gonna get right into it, I guess. But uh, th- this has been a rough couple months here as an Eagles fan. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna have to predict predict a loss for Monday so they can win or something. I'm not sure because oh, you, you'll see where I'm going with this. I'm. Uh, we're- <laughs> We keep uh, we keep saying, no, nah, we're gonna win this one. We can't lose this game after losing that game after losing that game. But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a downhill spiral since I, pretty much since I went to the Chiefs game. It's been all bad news. We could have lost to the Bills. Went to OT, won, pulled that game out, and then from that from that point on, just bad news, bad news. Bears uh, losing the Niners badly, getting smoked by the Cowboys, losing to the Seahawks, ninety uh, two yard drive from Drew Locke. Uh, the Giants almost coming back and beating us despite playing musical chairs at quarterback. And then a couple weeks later, actually beating us despite playing musical chairs at quarterback again. Um, yeah, I mean, this and game the Cardinals is, just clapping us. You know, and right? the Cardinals clapping our cheeks. Yeah, this game was, um, yeah, I mean, we got outgained 415 to 299. And I don't even know if it was that close. Um, I see, I keep seeing people talking about like Jalen's got to be better. I don't think he was really, uh, I mean, I mean, of the, course the he's got to be better, but it's not. The game was just – it seemed like it never started for us. Like, we didn't know when kickoff was. Um, there's really not much to take from this performance because it was over so quickly. <laughs> I mean, the fact that we were waving the white flag and removing all of our starters while the first half still had some time on the clock is is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. We couldn't get a drive going. We went three and out, fumble, turnover on downs, three and out, three and out, pick, pick. And a half. <laughs> so that was just, you know, I, I don't know what else really to say about the performance. Um, it's just another I'm, – I'm just glad the season's over. I'm glad the regular season's over. Hopefully we can get some guys healthy. I don't even know if we can get anybody healthy by Monday. I don't know what the status of Slay, Devontae, AJ, uh, who else is banged up. Sidney uh, Brown's done, so that was awesome. Yeah, that's One of nice. our uh, – one of our more promising players who actually showed heart, showed effort, and was even calling pe- calling out the coaching staff of how you know we're not really going hard in practice and shit like that. Now he's done, so I don't really know. You know, it would be nice if Kevin Byard made his um, his impact felt because I haven't really you know, I forgot all about him honestly. Um, it would be nice for Slay to come back. We desperately need him. Um, Jalen Carter had another great game. I guess that's the only. Only thing you can really take from this game was that Jalen Carter yet again led the team. Um, was the only one on the yeah. team that that really showed up that did anything no, uh, notably anyway. And um, I really think he can be a huge, huge part. Him and BG, and maybe maybe some somebody on the on the edge, Hassan, uh, maybe Milt Williams up front. Um, 
maybe Nolan Smith can have a breakthrough game. Somebody, maybe we can blitz like a, a defensive back or a or a, some somebody, a linebacker, an outside linebacker. Um, somebody, we need some pressure from somebody. Jalen Carter had like almost a third of our pressures against the Giants that game. Five hurries, we only had fourteen total, and yeah. Uh, how many sacks do we have? Any sacks? Keely Ringo and Marlon T had a sack. So yeah, it's just not um, it's not looking good. You know, I, I have questions and concerns about the offense, but it really just comes down to the defense. And I don't know how well, like, if Baker's on, you know, Baker's a very sporadic player, uh, very inconsistent QB. But this year he's been pretty consistent. He's had some highs, he's had some lows. I think the lows came in division games. Um, it's gonna be a big game, obviously. I don't know. I don't trust him fully, but then again, you're looking at a team that just lost to the Giants after losing to the Cardinals, so I'm not sure if you can trust us either. It's kind of a weird game to predict. A lot of people are going to be on the Bucks, and I understand, but I don't know if I'm all in yet. I don't. I know they're, they're underdogs at home, which is also a little questionable, but I still think we can pull this out. I still think we have enough on the front line and on offense and defense. Um to at least make Baker panic. When Baker Mayfield, kind of like Jared Goff, uh, does not play well under pressure. And the main problem with him is he's so short, you know, when there's pressure and all that going on. He, he's not that not that mobile. Uh, just ask the Norman police about that. Jesus. So I, uh, I really think this is attainable. I think we can win this fucking game. Like Evans, Godwin, they're both, you know, they're, they're fine, but they're, they both look seem like they're not in their prime anymore, or at least not at their peak. Rashad White's decent, but again, I think we should stop that stop the run game and get some pressure on on Baker. I really think this is a good matchup for us. However, I don't know if there is, I don't even know if there is a good matchup for us anymore. Like, are we going to flip that switch and be like, okay, now it's playoffs, the regular season's over, fuck it, you know, this is where our guys are going to show. Up. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I mean, we'll get into we'll get a uh, give the Buccaneers game its full. Uh, attention. I would like to just... I mean, I guess I really don't want to spend too much time on the Giants game, because really, what can you spend time on? They... Ha- I, like, I don't get why they even played the starters if this was going to be the yeah. thought process going into the game. It didn't seem like any of them cared. They played some of them, and they sat some of them, right? Because Fletcher Cox wasn't playing. Um, I mean, I think Slay's hurt, so he didn't play. I think that was, was, was the yeah. deal there. But, like... It, it kind of seemed like they were half in, half out, which is never a recipe for success. DeAndre Swift didn't play. I remember uh, seeing that as well. But, you know, you got guys like Avante Maddox who were fighting for their lives out there injured. Devontae Smith didn't play. Did, did Hassan uh, Reddick didn't play, right? Um, uh, uh, he did. He, he did. played 26 snaps, and he had a pro football focus grade of 53.5. See that, so see, basically, yeah, did nothing. So he basically Pass did rush grade. 49.4. That shows that he didn't even try. He was just... Also, the fact that we kept dropping him into coverage. I don't know if we kept dropping him. First play of the game. Cover- yeah, he had two coverage snaps. Um, who well, I thought Joshua had one. And um, they Nolan Smith had four. Why are these guys dropping in coverage at, at, like ever? Like, you're asking them to do something they've never done. I don't quite understand what we're doing here on defense. And... Um, I guess Patricia's still still the guy, right? Is he still calling plays? Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's okay. what the uh, th- I mean. I guess that's what's going on. But look, you you, you bring your you br- your AJ Brown goes down in what the f- first series of the game, for first or second series of the game, grabbing his knee. You instantly think the worst. Oh, this is over or whatever. But you know, then he just like go. Then he's good. You know, like now there's like not even a conversation that he's going to miss this game. He's fine. So like, 
What, Thank God. Did he actually like? Was he actually hurt, or would he just, was he just like? Did he get scared and was like, you know what, fuck this, I'm done. Like, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not playing. So I like, see this field that we're playing on. Yeah, I see this turf, and I don't blame I the guy. I, I'm not, I'm not. Don't, don't uh, take that as like a disrespect or anything like that. I'm just saying it as like a. I mean, you know, you go from one extreme to the other. It's it's pretty yeah. insane. Uh, you know, Jalen hurts his finger, dislocates his, I think his middle finger or his ring finger on his right hand. Uh, no, that's not. Not good, but, uh, you know, then I, I can't stand, though, when Jalen, something happens with Jalen that after the game, like, the the he's talking to the media, and he can't help himself but act like what he's going through is the absolute worst thing ever. Like, they're like, well, you know, you talked to Nick Sirianni before that, and he's like, yeah, he was ripping it, he was good to go, he was fine. Then they talk to Jalen, he's like, well, you know, we're going to have to see what happens. You're like, what? Like, are, are you good or are you not? Like, he's like, well, you know, day by day, the... uh the lion roars, but the uh, the the hyenas are quiet. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Jalen? What are you talking about? Like, are you okay or are you not? But uh, yeah, no, that, that was uh, kind of the frustration. I was like screaming at the TV watching the uh, post game uh, live because it was some of the interviews were just so ridiculous. It, it, it's I, I love like all of the excuses, Ty. That is what's cracking me up about all you people out there on Twitter. Who are just will make excuse after excuse after excuse for all of the people that are involved in this travesty and this disgrace that has turned into our Philadelphia Eagles? Like, they're not sandbagging, okay? They're not, you know, waiting for the playoffs and they're just going to turn it on, you know? They're not tired, okay? Because, like, they're the only team that played to the Super Bowl last year because they played, I'm sorry, one more game than the 49ers did last year and the Niners got the bye. So. What uh? What exactly is that? What is that? You know, what does that have anything to do with anything? Nothing exactly. You have your you know, Quez Watkins makes it probably his best play as an Eagle. The in this I, game, I mean, just I, the, the I did want to point that out. We need him the least. Yeah, he just he balls out. He makes his catch, and you're like, yo, where was this in the Super Bowl when you just needed to make a catch? You know, where was this any week where we just need you to get open? That's yep. all we needed. Just, just, just be alive, be a warm body. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna wait till the game really doesn't matter and just ball out and show. Like, come on, bro, what are you? Are, is he showing out for the XFL, the USL, the UFL? What's it called? UFL now. UFL is he showing out? Because I think he might get a you know top five pick in that. I'll be playing for the Panthers next year uh, or something <laughs> like that. He'll probably have a you know he'll probably be a great fantasy option next year because yeah, I, I, he looked elite catching that ball. But if you if you ever watched the guy play any other snap, it was like, well, maybe he's not the guy. I mean, you got to see Mariota in this game, which. Ugly. Rashad Penny at least got to uh, play play in this game, which yeah. good for him. Yeah, he, he played twenty snaps, got his uh, his, got his fix in. I don't know what what a waste of a contract that was. Let, um, let me just say though, Ty, the Eagles are in trouble though because it, it, when the starters were in this game, Wink Martindale was just spamming blitzes again, and we had no idea what to do with it. Like, uh, I, I part of this is the coaching staff. We're going to get into the coaching staff, but I would like to focus a little bit of blame on Jalen because, you know, Jalen has regressed tremendously. So, like, like he has turned into a mediocre quarterback this season. If you look at every statistical category that matters to quarterbacks, I'm pretty sure he's in the, you know, from 10 to 20 range, which is, you know, the the average quarterback in the NFL, pretty much. You know, he, he's got all the A-plus skills that you could imagine, but he has not performed well at all this year. He 
has not overcome any of the bad coaching. So if you think the coaching, the coaches should come back, you know, if you think Nick Sirianni should come back, if you think Brian Johnson should come back, which I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there that believe that the offense is good. They'll show you that, well, we're the sixth-ranked offense. You know, we did this, we did that. If you really believe that, then truly Jalen's not that good. Like, it's one one or the other. Either Jalen's good and the coaching has been horrible, or Jalen's not that good and he's just the, – the coaching's been fine. It's just that he's not that good. One or the other. You have to pick. So you, you all you people out there, you can make that decision for me. At the end of the day, the Eagles got smoked in this game. Uh, you know the giant, the giant. I love how they, or not the Giants, the the Cowboys. Where they were, you know, score. You know, Sirianni saying he was scoreboard watching, and he was looking to see how that game was going. That had nothing. Like, that's a lie. You you you, you know they were down by like seven, and the, he had they taken all down. the stars out. We were yeah, getting the, clapped, dude. That yeah, that the was. Commanders were winning at one point. Yeah, ten seven at one point. And I'm like, okay, like we're down ten nothing, or we're down seventeen nothing. But all we have to do is. I, I didn't think the commanders were ever going to win for a second. I mean, that is just a pathetic team they have yeah. up there. Um, I, but, but they were winning. So there was a, like, there's no way you, you say, all right, guys, we're, we're not going to try here because we know Dallas is actually going to lose, even though they're not losing. We couldn't beat the giants is the problem. Even if Dallas had lost, do you think we would have won? Fuck no. No. So that, yeah, I, I agree. 100%. Uh, I just like, <sighs> I, 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 like that I don't get. Like, does he think that we are stupid? Is that what this is? Like, Sirianni thinks that the fan base here is like is a bunch of morons that we didn't understand what was actually happening. That you guys, it, it seemed like came in and and thought you were gonna like play hard for this game and win, and you you just if, if you pulled the eject cord immediately as soon as things weren't going. I mean, that dude. They were just getting dog walked up and down the field. I was like, "Wow! Like this is pretty crazy, man! Like for wow. a team that is fighting to, you know, get this thing right, to try to, you know, right the ship and just get some sort of confidence or momentum going into the playoffs. For them to come out and just get just mollywopped like that is like real an eye opening. I mean, we kept, like you said, we kept saying." Week after week after bad performance after bad performance. Well, next week they'll get it right. Next week will be the week where they, you know, we 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 can make this right. We'll figure this out. It'll be something that will happen, or you know, we will we'll figure we will figure this out. We never did, Ty. We never did, and we and it's just now here we are. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that soon, but uh, it's just we are in bad bad shape. And I don't see how this thing just gets rectified in one week. Yeah, yeah, no, me either. I, the only hope we have is that now they can, like, focus. And I, I don't know why they weren't before. I, I don't know. I don't want to make any excuses for the regular season or any excuses as to why they didn't try as hard or why the effort was low. Or maybe they were preserving the gas tank. A bunch of bullshit, it sounds like, I know. But that, that's the only hope, right? I mean, it's not like we're getting healthy. It's not like we're getting really any reinforcements. I mean, Again, I don't know about some of these guys. I guess we'll have to see if they're practicing this week. Are we even practicing? Is Darius Slay practicing? I don't even know. I haven't really kept up. I don't with think the we practice practiced yet. I'm not sure though. Or injury report. Wednesday. It would be it would be their uh, first day of actual practice. Okay, so I, that's something to monitor going for I me. Mean, for what it's for what it's worth, our uh, our highest graded player uh, on defense was was Jalen Carter, but then it was Tristan McCollum. First game all year. He played 29 snaps at safety. 76.6, I know it's garbage time, so you know who cares. But uh, maybe he should play. Maybe he, you put him out there at safety. Maybe he can make something work. 
Uh, our lowest two graded players, Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow. So, um, yeah. And then on offense, also, I mean, real quick, Sidney Brown only played two snaps before tearing his ACL. I did not even know that. I thought he, I, I thought it was in the second or third quarter. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't even really watching. Let's be honest. Well, at a certain um, point, it was like I, it was on, but I wasn't really paying attention. Like I was just like I was stewing watching the game, just like. I I, I I can't believe that this is ha- – like, I cannot believe that they are getting smoked like this. And it, it's not the – it wasn't the end of the world because it wound up not mattering. You know, but, like, it, that's not the point at, at, at this stage of the game. Like, it's not about them, you know, winning or getting into, you know, advancing seed or anything like that. Like, they just need to play well. We've been saying this for a month. And I hate you people out there that keep making excuses for them. I hate you. Terrible. Also, um, we didn't really have any big plays. Kenneth Gainwell held that 32-yard run. Other than that, nothing. Uh, Britton Covey had a 22-yard reception. But, I mean, Wandale Robinson was breaking us off every other play. Darius Slayton continues to fucking own us. Yep. Saquon had a big play in the pass game. He didn't do anything in the running game. For the, so, at least there's that, right? He had 18 carries, 46 yards. He did have two touchdowns, but um, nothing really there. Eric Gray, whenever he came in, had a couple big plays. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins and Darren Waller as well. So, that's the big thing. I mean, we're not making big plays. We're not producing big plays. We're giving up big plays. We're not creating turnovers. We're turning the ball over. So yeah. that's um, not good. Not good, I guess. I, I mean, you know, the trends have not been uh, well to us. I mean, it just keeps getting worse. Let's see what their third down numbers were. I can only imagine what they were on third down. Yeah, they were 6 of 14, so almost 50%. We've been hovering at that 45, 52 percent range all year last year we were i think 38 or 42 so um the turnover differential the i mean look at the point differential we have a negative point differential on the season guys that is that is no accident that is no actually it's plus five okay i was lied to um i guess we scored a touchdown the quez watkins touchdown put us in the put us in the green so but like look look at all these playoff teams and look at all these teams that people are like all right these are the Super Bowl contenders, right? These are the guys. These, these are the teams to watch out for. Baltimore leading the league at plus two hundred and three point differential. Dallas plus one ninety four. San Fran plus one ninety three. Even Miami plus one hundred five. Buffalo plus one forty. We are at plus five, right with the Jaguars. Even the Bucks are at plus twenty three. So I, I don't think there's any reason to have any hope for this team to win. You're going on the road. I don't even know if it mattered if we were at home. I still wouldn't even really pick us. I don't think. Um, if you look at the, you know, Baker Mayfield's having a better year than Jalen Hurts. Rashad White, uh, I don't think he's have a, having a better year than Swift, but their run game and they're mi- mixing in the running backs in their pass game is working really well. Uh, we have AJ and Devontae, but they have good receivers, right? So they, they, they're working a really productive offense. They have a really good offensive coordinator who's going who's to get some head coach looks, Dave Canales. Canales? 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 I don't know how to say it, but um, – and meanwhile, we have Brian Johnson, who just got like a pity interview for, uh, I think, the Panthers head yep. coaching. Uh, I think that was probably just the Rooney rule or, you know, maybe they're just bored. Maybe they're like, yeah, let's bring this joker in. Um, you know, Tampa has pretty good coaches. We don't. So I think that's also going to matter. And obviously being at home, the, the cannons are going to be blasting. I'm going to be getting trolled by all the Tampa fans. So that should be fun. But for some reason, I still have hope. Am I crazy, Matt, for having just a, lo- just a little no, bit? listen, okay. you're a fan. Like, at the end of the day, it's uh, by the time Monday rolls around, I'll be back. Like, I'll be I'll be not believing yeah. in them, but I'll be rooting for them. You know, like, uh, that's – the hope is part of that. You you start to be like, all right, well, we – I mean, of course we can 
we can beat anybody. We can. That's why we wouldn't be this upset about the team if we didn't have the talent and the capabilities to win some of these games. If last year's Eagles team had been, you know, coming into Tampa Bay, you know, maybe guys got injured or things weren't going their way, I would have been like, we're going to smoke Tampa Bay. Like, it would have been no doubt in my mind. This year, I just don't, it's just something's missing. I don't get exactly what it is, but this team is just not that team. It's really, that that has just been the thing. My, my whole, this whole year, I can't get over the fact that they are just constantly underperforming every single week. Now, of course, they can win this game. It's Baker Mayfield they're playing. If they can shut the run down and make Baker Mayfield throw the ball, and we, you know, I guess we can get get to Baker Mayfield because he's a little banged up right now. I'm pretty sure he's dealing with a rib yeah. injury, right? And then there was yeah, like yeah, he was limping like around that. last week. I think it was the Saints game, right? He got fucking popped. So. Yeah. Listen, so, this is this is a big game for Jalen Carter. Honestly, like I think this is the Jalen Carter game. I think he's going to be disruptive. Cody and Mark, Reddick. Uh, I need Luke Reddick Gadecki. to get some fucking heat on, Absolutely. on the right side. Him or Sweat, somebody coming off the edge. I don't care which fucking one it is. Just somebody. No one's, I don't give a fuck. Bring in Tristan McCollum and send him on a blitz. I could not care less. Send somebody on a blitz around the outside and hope that somebody on the interior, maybe Fletch can do something. Maybe BG can do something. But have Jalen Carter have that push up front. The, the Buccaneers, let's try to bring up. I had their... I have like seven thousand tabs open. It's, it's actually kind of sad. Um, like, Man, I, dude, I have a tab unreal. open. I have a tab open. Right? It's the it's a Wikipedia page of the Gaza Strip. Like, I don't even know what I was trying to. <laughs> I was just down a wormhole, a You're rabbit hole of the Gaza Strip. The <laughs> I was like, yo, I will go over there and help you. No, um, but if you look at Tampa's offensive line all year, it's 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 really struggle. I mean, Tristan Wirfs one of the best tackles in football for sure. Luke Godecki, the other tackles, had a decent year. Yeah, but. Aaron Stinney is one of their guards. Their other guard, I guess they've – Cody Mock, he's their lowest-graded player on their entire offense, 44.7. Um, multiple penalties, a bunch of sacks given up. Uh, doesn't really do well in the run game. Um, their center, I think, is Robert Hainsey. He's old. He hasn't had a good year. That That is exactly where we should shred them. And I've noticed in games where Rashad White does well, it's kind of running outside. And Obviously, we've had um, a lot of problems containing and setting the edge. So that's going to be an issue. But if they try to run up the middle, if they try to do anything like that, uh, you know, some play action fakes, I think we should have huge success. Maybe not huge, but we should have a decent amount of success up front, going up the middle. Jalen Carter ripping through the middle, ripping through the front, the center, the guards for Tampa. I think that should 100% be be our move. Just send the house, not send the house. I don't know if we, I don't know if we have the personnel to do that, but send the blitz up front, heavy on the front, and, and hope our guys can win on the edge and just collapse that pocket so Baker, you know, get him jittery, get him with the happy feet, make him panic and throw something up where he thinks he can throw it up to Mike Evans and, and then turn the ball over. That's really what we're going to have to do. Win the turnover battle, uh, win the battle up front. I, this, these are the things we have said every single week. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's what I'm listening um, to you and I'm like, dude. I like, know. I'm saying it. I'm like, I definitely said this every week prior to this week. But I, again – I'm hoping something just switch something, you know, flips in these guys' heads and they're like, all right, this is the playoffs. Like, this is not a time to fuck around. This is where the coaches and the players, uh, maybe before the game, Howie Roseman comes in the locker room or Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lurie. And, and, and I know it sounds corny, but gives like a motivational speech or something just to, you know, show their presence and show them like, yo, everybody's honestly counting us out. I know we're the underdog. Uh, I know we're the favorites, but we're also kind of the underdogs. Like we're going to be a very popular fade 
uh, on Monday night, one mil- I've already seen a bunch of betting lo- uh, people talk about how they're hammering the Bucks, and I get it. But for, there's just—I don't think there's a there's no reason that this team can't win this game. So I will be very, very upset and disappointed if they come out here with another lackluster performance or they lose a close game. I don't care how they lose; it, it could be a blowout, and then they come back, or it could be a close game overtime. I don't care. They need to win. They need to win this game. If they do not, there's gonna be <clears throat> there's gonna be a lot of a lot of uh, I think fresh faces around this team next year. I, I think Sirianni's yeah. probably gone. We saw Pete Carroll got a uh, not he fired, but axe. he yeah. he got the axe. Um, I, I think Belichick is probably just days away from from Belichick getting the official axe. Um, I've seen some other teams and names out there. I mean, there's already six seven vacancies. I there could definitely be ten. Matt Eberflus probably should have gotten the axe. I can't believe yeah, he's still in Chicago. That's pretty crazy. Um, so, and I know it'll probably come to a shock to people if we do fire Nick Sirianni, if we lose in Tampa, but they shouldn't be. I mean, I, you know, one year removed from the Super Bowl or not, if you're not, this is a what have you done for me lately kind of league. And if you're just not, after the season we had, the start to the season, if you're not going to be able to rally this group of talented individuals, you have a good mix of old and young. Um, if you can't rally them to win a game against the Bucks, who really have like, showed a lot of a lot of times this year that they have no life on offense sometimes. Uh, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, allegedly, I would bet the under in this game 100%. Yeah. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, just disgusting punt fest. Braden Mann, hope you hope you got your leg ready, buddy. But um, maybe Jake Elliott come, can, can win us a game. Jake Elliott, Jalen Carter, A.J. Brown, those are the three guys to watch. In my opinion. So yeah, like look, they have the the thing that scares me about the Buccaneers is they have a lot of weapons. You know, they got they got the, the Rashad Whites, the Chris Godwins, the Mike Evans. You know, that that is concerning in itself because some Bradbury's going to have to cover somebody. Yeah, oh, that just that just worries me. Yeah, like that, that alone, yeah, like you're going to have those guys out there guarding somebody, and if we can't get pressure on Baker Mayfield, he's not exactly Tom Brady, but he, you know, he's an NFL quarterback. He'll be able to find these guys, and he could be able to spring them for big plays. I, I, mean, I think I say this every week, and it seems like they just can't do it anymore. Which you know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but they have to stop the run. Like that's where this all starts, because yeah. once the run gets going. Then they can go run them play actions, or they can just kind of have you on your heels, get all tired, and then they just start doing whatever they want to us. And we don't want to make them set them guys in the secondary tackle, you know, because Darius Slay don't want to tackle. We, de- I mean, we know that none of them guys out there really want to tackle, other than Reed Blankenship, who hurts himself every time he's trying to make a tackle. So it's all I, fucked. It's I don't want anything fucked. to do with that. Uh, I, I do think the offense, our offense, is screwed. Uh, I just, I, I think the the scheme. The game planning every week, it doesn't matter what they want to blame it on. Sirianni tries to blame it on the game plan every week. Well, it stinks every week. So what are you going to do to switch or change it? And they haven't done anything to change it at all. So I have a question, Matt, real quick. Do you think do you think Sean Desai should definitely should be like let off the hook for the the absolute awful I mean, we're giving up a couple more points per game. With Patricia, but we're giving up less yards technically. Now, those people, like I had a kid that was on my uh, Twitter say that the Eagles would have won the Cardinals and Seahawks game had uh, Sean Desai been the defensive yeah. coordinator. And I'm like, hilarious. What? Like, I, like, when you have no, we're talking about a guy something. who was just getting 40 burgers hung up on him. Like, you know, yeah. and those are better teams, but still, 
What are we talking? Like, I don't think it's much uh, to do with any of them. Like, it's yeah. the defense just got old overnight. That's that's. I think that's a lot of what it came down to. And I think the defensive line just uh, that's what's really killed this team. It, it has been the the just the Achilles heel because they were the te- They were the thing that carried us last year. They had seventy sacks. They had four guys. I'm pretty sure in double digit sack numbers last year. And they have just not been able to get to the quarterback. They have not been able to put the pressure that they were last year. And sometimes it's them, and sometimes it's the fact that with that, the, the ball is just coming out immediately, and our cornerbacks are playing 8, 9, 10 yards off the ball, and they're just getting these easy completions time after time after time after time. So it's Time after yeah. time. When you call, um. I will catch you. All right. Um. So listen. So I guess to close um, out the Eagles Buccaneers thing real quick, I I would like to say I I do I'm with you. I would like to have faith. I'd like to say yes. I I agree. The Eagles are going to take care of business. They're going to get out of there with the W, and they are going to move on to probably play the 49ers next week in San Francisco. But Ty, I'm not doing that. I am going to pick the Buccaneers to win this game. They are going to win 20. 20- 24 to 17. And that is the Buccaneers moving on to play whoever the fuck they're going to play. Probably the Niners will get shit smacked. Um, I'm going to say Bucks win 20 to 17. I just don't have any faith that this team can win, can win a game, honestly. Uh, I think Matt Gay is going to hit that game winner. Um, that's not, no, who's their kicker? Not sure anymore, actually. Matt Gay's on the Colts. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't trust them at all. Uh, close game. Beginning of a game, the middle parts of the game, the you know, crunch time, third down, fourth down. There's no there's no area of this team of the game that I trust this team just whatsoever. No. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Chase Edmonds, the ghost of Chase Edmonds is out here and he had like four carries for fifty yards. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought out Sean Tucker from the practice squad and he had a rushing touchdown. Like I, I, truly, I think we match up well with them. They only had two guys who had more than 500 yards receiving. Uh, three, if you count Rashad White. And then after only two receivers that had 400 yards. Trey Palmer, he's a deep threat. LSU made. Um, Nebraska developed. But still, like, like, I'm just looking at a team that is not, is not impressing me very no. much. No. Sadly, I just don't know. I don't know what we do because apparently, you know, I, I forgot that Cam Jurgens got hurt. His eye, it, his eye is hurt. And then I saw Kelsey it was in a brace. Um, DeAndre Swift, I guess he was sick, right? He had an illness. Sure. Yeah. Um, Fletcher Cox was hurt too, or something. Or I think he was just getting sat for, uh, you know, because uh, he stinks. Yeah, that's why. Tired. But also, Todd schemes. Todd scheme. Todd Bowles' scheme on defense is is definitely something to worry about. I mean, we just faced Wink Martindale, who, by the way. Left the Giants' yeah. facility, said, "Yo, I'm leaving. I'm going home to Florida. I don't want to fuck with you anymore, Brian Dayball." Like that's what that's what's unraveling in the Giants' facility. Their DC and head coach are trying to kill each other. Um, and we knew Wink Martindale. What does he Wink Martindale do on defense? Why is he Blitz. a D coordinator? Blitz. All the fuck he does, and it works. He he sent the house on like sixty percent of Jalen Hurts' dropbacks. And I think he was five of fourteen. Let's see. Hold on. Yeah, five of fourteen with a pick. Five of 12, 41 yards in a pick. Terrible. How, how are we not knowing that's going to come here? I, I see people saying, Jalen, you, you got to know. You got to know they're sending the blitz. I'm like, sure. Yeah, he, he's supposed to know that. But what about the coordinators? What, what about the coaches that are supposed to be getting these yeah. players prepared? They're the ones doing all the film study, all the tape study, 
they know this team that we just played them three weeks ago. So how do we not know that they're going to send the house? Todd Bowles probably a better defensive mind than Wink Martindale, or at least close. So that's going to be an issue. They have all pro player uh, in Antoine Winfield, who creates havoc everywhere all over the field. Levante Davids, uh, Hall of Famer, possibly. Devin White, yeah, not great, but he can make some make some splash plays. Um, I don't think who else they really have. That's Vita Vea makes a lot of disrupt a lot of disruption up front. Shaq Barrett, very on and off, inconsistent off the edge, but their corners are pretty good. Jamel Dean, I don't know if he's playing. I think I mean is. this team won the Super like they they won the Super Bowl all not that long ago. I mean it was right. what 2020, 2021, but twenty one yeah, yeah. That, but still like that those are those are some Super Bowl winning players on that defense. So like it, we can't just. They, like I just can't understand who people out there who think that the Eagles are just gonna win, like win this game. Like there's no they have like no doubt in their mind. Like oh it's the Bucks. We we beat them week three. Those Bucks were a lot different, and those Eagles were a lot different than the the two teams that are coming into uh, Raymond James Stadium this weekend. It, it yeah. is a whole different ball game. And uh, I the, my pick is more anti Eagles than it is pro Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are really that good. I just think the Eagles have just fallen apart. And they're just, I think that this is the final nail in the coffin for a certain gentleman who we are going to give a certain amount of time to right now. And I guess we should just kind of get right into it, though. Ty, do you think that Nick Sirianni should or will be fired? Uh, but those you can answer either part of that question um, after this game, uh, if they if they lose. I think if they win, I know it's, people were like, well, their mind should be made up if they before this, you know, if they win or lose. Sure. But... But this if, is different. If they win, you can't really justify firing them. If they if they no. lose, you I, I think you can, especially with the possibility. I know it's very, very unlikely, very impossible. The possibility of going on a run after beating Tampa, it could happen. I, I mean, of course. How many people? How many people thought the Giants were going to go on a run when they won both of their Super Bowls when they were what eight and eight and nine and seven? Not not trying to make any comparisons at all. I'm just saying, you know, the playoffs are a very different thing. It's a very it's a, it's a whole different season from the regular season. So, uh, you know, look at the MLB playoffs again. I'm not trying to compare you know playoffs to playoffs, but random shit happens in the playoffs all across sports at the highest level. So, I would not be surprised if this team went on a run. I'd be I, I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be floored, is what I should say. And uh, if they beat Tampa, yeah, why? I mean, you never know. So he's definitely not getting fired if they win one game or two or three or however many. But if, if they lose to Tampa, no matter how they lose, they get blown out, they lose a close one, they get walked off, I think he's. I think he should be fired. And I'm kind of on the fence if he will. I, I think they might give him another year. Like If they get blown out in the game, I think there's a chance he's, he's gone. If it's close, if we could have won, if we had more yards, just you know, bad refs or a turnover here and there, maybe Hallie Roseman gives him another chance and says, no, we just got to get better coaches. Uh, let's get a you know a couple new players in here. Let's make some trades. Let's have a good draft class. Maybe they keep him around, but honestly, I, I would not. If they lose in any capacity to Tampa Bay, I would not keep him around. I'm sorry. I, I know it seems a little quick, but this league moves quick. Uh, Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel, a lot of people didn't think they'd be gone, but they are. Uh, Mike Tomlin almost you know could have been gone. There's probably other guys who are going to be gone. That's just how this league goes. It's, it, things move quickly, so maybe they want hardball. Maybe they want Belichick. Maybe, I don't know. I have no idea. Ben Johnson. There's a lot of good assistants out there that could be up for potential head coaching jobs. So maybe that could be something they do. Ryan Grubb, the guy I was, 
I was saying we should bring in his OC from Washington. He didn't have a great job. He didn't have a great showing in the national championship. So maybe I should pump the brakes there. But um, either way, if if he does lose that game, yeah, I think he should be canned. Uh, I mean, your boy Grubb, uh, I don't think he did that bad because uh, your, your Michael Penix was kind of just missing some guys at, Throwing, at a certain yeah, point. Absolutely. And, and there was people just dropping passes too, which was insane. But uh, that guy, he was wide open, and he just got gets turned around and falls down on the play yeah, that Roma really Duse. just yeah, kind of ruined them. But He blamed himself. But we know He's a top 10 pick. He, that is not his fault. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it shit happens. That, that, you know, congrats to Michigan, by the way. But, uh, yeah, great team. I, I, Ty, I think when you just completely lose control of of your not, I mean, I guess it is in a sense you're losing control of the team because they just collapsed. I believe they're what one in six in the last seven games. Is that one in five? I'm not sure exactly the number. I don't know, but it, it, it's really some like tough to just justify if they lose this game. And he loses what one you know like six of his last seven games, and they were they were eleven and that's, one or ten and one. That's a fireable it's, offense. It has to be a fireable offense. Yeah. I don't I don't care what you did last year. It, it's just like I I I have a tough time just. Yeah, he's not like, going to have he's not going to win back any of that locker room if they lose. He's going to lose more of that locker room if he hasn't already. I, it, it's, what it's is really like, hard for us what to What does he do, Ty? That's what I like. People keep telling me, well, like, oh, well, you give him credit when he wins. It's like you know, oh, it's all the play callers and all this. But when they lose, you everyone wants to blame him. But I'm like, the thing about being the coach is when when you're losing, you have to do something to change, like to adjust or change that. He has done really nothing. I don't think it was his call to fire Sean Desai or, or remove him from the position. I think that came from the higher-ups because early in that week he said, no, we're not making any changes. Two days later he goes, yeah, you know, we're going to make a change. I, did, I had the decision during the week, and I think that this, this is our best option to uh, you know move forward. That, that's obviously not coming from him because if, if, if anybody was really using their heads – he would have taken the play calling from Brian Johnson a long time ago and ran his scheme, his game plan, his whatever. He is the offensive head coach. If you're the offensive head coach and you can't even call plays, really what like what are you doing here? Because what is the point? What yeah, is the what point? Are, what are you doing? You can't get people in the right position. You can't hire the right coaches or you know it, everyone's like a, I love how the blame gets passed around whenever it's convenient for a certain argument because now how it's all Howie Roseman again, you know, like that. That's where we're throwing the blame back. It's not the fact that Nick Sirianni just hasn't been able to do his job well this season. It's the fact that Howie Roseman hired bad coordinators for him. He didn't get yeah. the coordinators that he wanted. He had to hire from within. He didn't have to do shit. He could have done whatever he wanted. They're like, oh well, he gets credit because he hired Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. He's the one that brought them in. He didn't bring in uh, Sean Desai. He absolutely was a part of it. And I'll give them credit because they were able to get, you know, a Shane Steichen is probably one of the best coordinators we've had in a very long time. Yep. Uh, they, they were able to get a guy like that in here. But you should have just taken like, – why aren't we just running the exact same offense that we ran last year? Can you can you can you help me with that? Because I don't I don't well, get why yeah, like I don't know well, like what is did we did that guy take the playbook and we're like trying to like we're snapping like wait wait what what, what, what were we running last year what, what was the the RPO or like th why the fuck are we so confused every single week no one's executing no one's doing it no one knows where they're supposed to be no one believes in this or believes in that or they're all upset 
Yeah, you absolutely Nobody's should on the be fine. What is going to change next year is my is my problem. Like what what can they do? What are they who are they going to bring in here as the offensive coordinator who's going to revolutionize this team and change from what's been going on? I don't think anything. No one. Yeah, I don't I don't know who or what the answer is. You'd have to bring in a uh, I guess you'd have to you like you'd have to bring in a whole new head coach, ben a whole Johnson, new culture, somebody. a whole new everything. It would have to be because yeah. these guys it would have to be. Yeah, it, you it's, can't. It's rotted at the core. Yeah. It seems we're not going to go out there and get an all pro on offense, right? It's very unlikely. AJ Brown kind of just fell into our laps. The the chances of upgrading your roster that significantly in an off season where we're, I don't even think we have that much cap room. We have to keep some of our guys and resign guys and give new deals. I don't think we're at a point where we can just go out free agency or on the trade block or in the draft and dominate and kind of just retool like it's like it's college football where you have a bunch of five stars coming in, right? Or transfers. I don't think we're really in that. That's a, I don't think it's a likely outcome. I, I don't think, you know, I think the roster we have now is mainly what we're going to have next year. And um, if it's the same similar roster with uh, the same head coach with maybe a couple tweaks in the staff, I, I don't know what that does. That, that brings me zero confidence. That instills zero confidence in the whole fan base. Not you know, not just me and you, two idiots up here with the podcast. Like, there's a lot of people, a lot of Italian fellows who don't want Sirianni back. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, th- this Monday's huge. This is his biggest game of his career, I guess. Besides the Super Bowl, this is his second biggest game of his career, and it could be even his biggest because his job could be on the line I, again. I, I don't know if we'll ever know, and I feel like Howie might give him another year. I feel like he. He's more lenient, and but also he, he's he's not scared to make a move when a move's needed, right? He hears the whispers and the the loud yelling that's coming from us. He hears it. So, yeah, man, this is gonna be really interesting. I I don't even know what to think, what to what to predict. Like people are gonna ask me all week, "What do you think?" You know, "What do you think of this game?" Are you go-? a bunch of people have already asked me, "Are you going?" I will not be going. <laughs> that's that's for sure. I'm not gonna you know yeah. shell out money I hardly even have to go to watch. The Eagles embarrass me. Not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So I will be watching Monday at home. Night. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Maybe maybe I'll just sit at home. Maybe I'll just sit at home. But um, I don't know, man. I, I really want to see how this team comes out and plays. You know, if they play hard and just lose, then may, maybe this roster was just not what we thought it was. Maybe we really, truly just got lucky in the, in the beginning of the year. There's a lot of people who said, you know, our DVOA uh, was one of the worst ever of a team that was 10 and one. And a lot of us were like, Oh, we're getting wins. It doesn't matter. You know, fuck your metrics and the computers. But then it turns out we really are that fraudulent of a team. And we always kind of were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're, we're, we'll see. I mean, that's what hurts. Honestly, Ty, yeah. like we, I sat here argued uh, against the 49ers and all those people and all those Cowboys fans and told them now we are legit. We were in the Super Bowl last year. We've won 11 games. We find a way to win every week. We deserve the, the credit and respect. And they were like, dude, you guys are frauds. And, and they they were right. That's the thing that, like, kills me inside. So, I like, yeah, I, it's been hard to recover from that. I just don't see what the, the change, like, what Sirianni can do to, like, make this right next year. That That's what I don't understand. And I just truly don't get if things aren't going to be going well at certain points for whatever side of the ball this is, that he can't do anything to change it. That's what I don't like. I don't get what he does. Then is he str- is he strictly just a cheerleader, a rah rah guy? That, yeah, that's what maybe. it seems like. Maybe he was the the guy. It seemed like 
it all fell apart when he, his rah rah came out when he was talking to Chiefs fans. Like, where? What was he saying? Where are you guys now? Where are you yeah, at? I don't want to hear. What shit, are you saying now? Right. Yeah, I like, don't want to hear shit. Which, Ever since that happened, it's been downhill. Yeah, and, and like you know, I saw people were like, "That's why. Yeah, that's why we're losing. It's because of that." <laughs> it's like that's not it. It's because it's because this guy's not really. You know, we we really don't have a good scheme. I'm built for it. Yeah, like we we're not. He doesn't have – it's not like – it, it, he keeps saying it's his scheme. Like what is his scheme? Like b- bubble screens and outside <laughs> out routes and like, you know, corner routes not. and stuff like that? Like I don't – I just don't – I don't get it. I don't see what it is. I think if he get if he loses, he has to be fired. I really do. Yeah. I, like I don't see how you can be 10-1 and one and then lose six, six of your last seven, lose your first playoff game. And then you can come back. Why? Like you're gonna bring a new offensive coordinator in? I, I mean, maybe, but I think just more of the locker room would be cooked at that point, and uh, you would have to trade some people on your team. Yep. Because I think walk. that's the bigger issue uh, as well, Ty. Is that it's not like we, me, and you can't sit here and especially on offense. Defense is one thing. Like that's, I, I that that is a whole nother ball game. Or you know, like that's that's not his realm. They have stunk all year. We know that. The offense is supposed to be his thing. He's supposed to be an offensive head coach. He was an offensive coordinator. That's how he got fired to or uh, hired to come here. The, the fact that the offense has been so inept and so unable to move the ball, score points, score in the red zone, all that stuff, and he has not been able to adjust or figure out a way with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and DeAndre Swift, and Jalen Hurts as his quarterback – just tells you everything you need to know. He should be fired, and he should. They, they have to get somebody in here that can use the weapons that we have because it's not like he has a barren cupboard that he's like having to figure out how to score with Nick Mullins, who guys across the NFL have way worse situations, and they're figuring out how to score points. We can't figure out how to score points? Come on. you Use your head out there, people. Yeah, so we played him earlier in the year, and we won. It's a very different situation, but a very different scenario now. Um but we also owe them one, right? When's the, when, was it 04? No, no. Oh, f- we played them pretty three? recently, too. I mean, 20, what was that 21? We lost to them in the playoffs. But that, was, but that oh, oh. Yeah, the oh, wild yeah. card. Was we that Hurts' yeah, rookie year? Yep. Uh, well, his second year, um, I guess. His first second start year, yeah. year. Yeah. Brady, um, Brady cooked us. That's right. Fuck, I completely forgot that even happened. Uh, but before, I, I know we beat them in like 01 or 2000, but like I think there was 2006 they beat us. Uh, in some game, I don't know. Oh, oh three, I want to say, or oh uh, two or oh three was the last game of Veterans Stadium. Uh, that's the Rondé Barber interception. That's that's the one that uh, always sticks in people's uh, brains. Uh, here, they also hold on. They also beat us in oh in oh oh six in the regular season when Matt Bryant hit a sixty two yarder. I, I feel like I remember that. Two thousand two, uh, by the way, uh, was the two thousand two season. Uh, it happened Man, in two thousand three uh, though. They have owned us for a while, it seems like. So we, we we beat them this year, but that does not matter at all. And that was earlier in the year. We're a whole different team. So we owe them. We need to get our we need to get us and get back. I mean, listen, this is the this is a huge game for so many different people in this organization in many different ways. So they gotta come up, they gotta come out and nut up and get a fucking win. That's that's really all there is to it. Get some pressure and uh, you know, move the ball vertically. How about that? How about instead of, you know, throwing it behind the line of scrimmage and, and doing this and doing that. How about we just go downfield a little bit? Maybe just a little five-yard slant. I feel like there's nothing wrong with a five, ten-yard slant, but uh, it seems like we're allergic to those. So hopefully we can get some things going. Just Jalen can, uh, you know, hopefully his finger's fine because that, that didn't look good. He didn't break it, but he definitely popped it out of place. So 
hopefully guys are healthy. Again, I don't think we'll know until tomorrow uh, when injury reports come out, it seems. So, yeah, we uh, we need all hands on deck, though, that's for sure. Uh, for people out there who are looking for a little bit of uh, hope and uh, you know, just think that the Eagles could maybe go on a run, remember the 2008 Eagles who went on a, that just a miracle run to the NFC Championship game, beat the Vikings, beat the Giants, and then lost to the Cardinals. Uh, in Arizona in that game where they were up and they kind of just folded in the fourth quarter. You know, Larry Fitz caught that deep bomb. That was the Kurt Kurt Warner uh, year where they played in the uh, the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I don't know if we would have won that anyway, but it's just all that matters is it it is possible to go on a run. I'm not saying it's not, but it just things are not looking good right now, Ty. So uh, I guess we should kind of talk about the Sixers for a little bit. The Sixers have... Once again, falling on hard times. Jo- Joel Embiid is injured again. He's got a swelling in his right knee, I think, or left knee. I'm not exactly sure which one. I guess it doesn't really matter. Both, maybe. Yeah, I mean the guy. Uh, you know, shout out to my boy Eric. To, uh, you know, had this line yesterday in my group chat. You know, that guy's knee swells when he gets out of bed in the morning. So it's <laughs> just you know that that's just something that that guy has to deal with. He's going to miss his second straight game tonight with a swollen knee. People were talking about, oh, well, he's going to get screwed out of the MVP. And, you know, uh, well, listen, man, if you miss 20 some games, you shouldn't win the MVP. I don't think that that's all that crazy of a uh, thing to have involved because at the, at the end of the day, I mean, you can have one of the more historically statistical great seasons. That's great. But, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. The MVP does not matter. It's all about him being healthy in the playoffs. We say this every single season. It doesn't really matter, though. So, Because now when stuff like this happens, it starts to click back into my negative Sixers brain that just starts to say, well, there you go, same old Sixers. What what, what else is new? And Bede's getting hurt down the stretch. You know, this knee injury is probably going to just persist throughout the year. He'll be holding his knee or, you know, dragging it along come April. We'll win the, the first-round playoff game. He'll miss the first two games like he always does of the second round, and then we wonder yep. why we didn't win. You know, like, oh, wow, we uh, we lost in seven games. We lost in six games, man. Oh, if only Embiid could stay healthy. It's the same conversation every year. And I, I know you are you're you were talking about how Maxi has kind of – Falling on hard times as well. It just seems like the. Well, yeah, I mean, most of the team, it seems like, you know, yeah. without Embiid, I guess there's games where, you know, like, you're like, oh man, the ball moves so much more. It's like, yeah, it does, but like, is that good? Because we're moving the ball from Nicholas Batum to Tyrese Maxey to Marcus Morris to Paul Reed to Kelly Oubre. I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, Patrick Beverly's, Beverly, you know, his usage has gone way, way up. Again, I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, Jaden Springer still can't see minutes. I, I don't know what what the deal is with Jaden Springer. I, I think we have to play him or trade him. I, I mean, it, we it seems like we do this all the time with like our mid to late first round picks. We're like, ah, they're raw. We don't know what to do with them. They have a peanut allergy. Let, let's let's make it. Let's make a decision. Play him or don't. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> coming off a game where we, you know, losing at home to the Utah Jazz, just it just can't happen. I mean. You know, without MB, Laurie Markin in 33 and 13, Colin Sexton 22 and 10, you know, I don't know if that changes with MB. You know, they're, they're starting Chris Dunn, um, my cousin, Simone Fontecchio. Like, so they are just not a good team. They are just not a good – Kelly Olynyk's a pretty decent player. He didn't even really play much. Like, and then when we got absolutely destroyed by, what, 38, 36 to the Knicks? That Julius was the Randall, one that really, like, uh, bothered me, man. That that was Julius Randall and OG Ananobi shot a combined four for twenty two. Isaiah Hardenstein, Jalen Brunson, 
uh, even DiVincenzo, Miles McBride, who has hardly played you know all year. All of them teamed up to absolutely smoke us. Josh Hart tore down 15 boards. Um, like I said, Isaiah Hardenstein played awesome. He had like five, uh, a couple steals, a couple blocks. We just got and and B played most of that game against the Knicks. Played 36 minutes. So, and then if you look at the game before that, it was the Bulls game. Yeah, it's fine. And then they if you look at a couple other games, yeah, they beat the Bulls after losing to the Bulls. But then they played a close one with the Rockets. They got they beat lost by the lost to the Heat. That's when know, I mean, Joel was hurt, though. So, like that, that yeah. I, I get a lot of that. I'm more focused on those last two games. I don't understand how you have three days off. Uh, well, Wednesday, Thursday, you have two days off going into that Friday night game. ESPN game. Nick's coming to at town. Home. Yep, at at home at OG Ananobi. You know all the hype behind them. It should be like a game you're excited to to get up for, and they get smoked. They got they smoked. got smoked. From I believe like it, midway through the second, it was like uh, we're not winning this game. It, it's we. This is a loser. And, and that that game, Joel got hurt in the first five seconds of the game. I swear to God, you got to go back and watch that. I was sitting there. At, I was sitting there watching it. and I just said, no fucking way. All my friends were like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. I'm like, dude, it's Joel Embiid. Yeah. The second I mean, he, he has the game, a little injury, he's, he's done. He's done. Like he's yeah. done. Yeah. That, it's funny because he played well. He did. Right? He was ten of twenty three. He was a he was a minus twenty nine, which is you know. Not great, but uh, altogether as a team, I mean, you, have, you at times you're running out Embiid, Maxi, Ubre, and then uh, who are the other two? Tobias and Batum, or or Marcus Morris and Daniel House, or Paul Reed, or Beverly, or, or Bamba, and you're like, this is not this is not an NBA this is not an NBA um, conference champion roster. It just isn't. I look at the Celtics, I look at the Bucks, and the Bucks roster is not even that great since they traded for Lillard, which uh, you know that move. Might end up backfiring. Who knows? But look at the Boston Celtics. I mean, they go deep, right? They got Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, White, Holiday, Sam Hauser, Pritchard. Some of the, I mean, they don't go too, too deep, but they have enough guys off the bench that can come in and be a net positive. We absolutely do not. And don't look now, but the New York Knicks are right on our heels. Two games back of us. The Heat, Pacers, and um, Cavaliers are two and a half games yeah. back of us. Orlando is three and, uh, games back. So... You know, we're, we're looking sit, we're, we're looking good, sitting pretty in third place, but that's, you know, we also have a couple games in hand on everybody, so that's not going to last too long. Eric Spolster just got a huge contract. Teams are going to be active in the trade market. I don't think the Knicks won that trade that they made, but things, you know, they, they've been playing well with those guys, so it doesn't matter. Um, I think those guys fit their team more than R.J. Barrett and, you know, Emmanuel quickly, quickly. did. Yeah, like, I think they Which needed an and Obi kind of guy. Yeah, which is crazy because watching the Raptors play last night, and they got absolutely. I, I had a couple uh, a couple underdog plays on Scotty Barnes. Shout out to Scotty, he came through. Um, but they got absolutely hosed by Ben Taylor. If Ben Taylor ever did another Toronto Raptors game, and I was a, a fan, a player in the organization, I would boycott it. I would never. I would say we're not playing. We're not playing if Ben Taylor's the ref. Fred Van Vliet went on a huge rant last year about Ben Taylor specifically, just a little nerdy white dude who he just sucks. He's just terrible. It's obvious he has some kind of bias against the Toronto Raptors calling phantom fouls. Um, Scotty Barnes had a game tying three that he waved off on a, on a charge on RJ Barrett where he hardly hit Anthony Davis who flopped and then a bunch of other just terribleness, but they have looked good uh, with, with quickly and with RJ Barrett, Scotty Barnes, Siakam, they have a nice little combination of guys. It's not, it's not turning into, 
you know, automatic results. And I don't know if it will down the, down the road. I think they might have to move Siakam, but I kind of like what they have. But it's also, it, it just shows you that we need to be active in that trade market. But I, don't, I mean, you know, what do you do? Do you go out there and get a Colin Sexton from the Jazz? But the Jazz yeah. have been winning games lately. Do you, you know, what, what do you do? Do you try to get a Kuzma from the Wizards at the end no. of the year? Do you look at the Bulls and say, hey, let's get Caruso and Drummond? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Levine's going to be a popular name. And if teams get desperate enough, they will fall for the Zach Levine trap. And I just don't know if that's something I would want to do. But also, I just want somebody else in there. I want less pressure on Pat Bev. I want less minutes for uh, – Paul Reed's not even a, not even close to a problem. But we cannot go into the playoffs with Marcus Morris, Daniel House, some of these guys playing 15, 20 minutes in the playoffs. They're going to get eaten alive. We're going to lose those minutes that they play. So, And that's if Embiid's healthy. <laughs> you know, like We know he's not going to be healthy in, in, in the playoffs, but um, – We'll see. It's a long, it's a long, long season. We're only what thirty-five games in. Um, we have the Hawks tomorrow night. That's probably going to be a tough game. No matter, you know, they're fourteen and twenty-one, but uh, there's some games they really show up. Dejounte Murray is on the trade block. That's somebody I saw that we could be interested in. I, I'm good. I'm good. Um, but I'm not opposed to getting somebody if it were to happen. We 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 need somebody. We need a move. Uh, we got the Kings after that. Then the Rockets, Nuggets, Magic. It, it doesn't get easier. Uh, you know, I mean, I know we got the Hornets and Spurs back to back. That should be two little layups, but still, we got the Nuggets twice this month. We got we're gonna go to Golden State at the end of the month. We just need without him beat healthy. It, every game is tough. Yeah. So um, hopefully, Maxi can figure it out. Kelly Oubre hasn't been playing well lately. I mean, he's just gonna be what he is. You know, he's gonna shoot six of six from three, and then he just shoot one of ten from three. So he's gonna average out to be what he is his whole career, like a thirty-two percent shooter who doesn't really pass, defend, or do anything else. So. Yeah, uh, not the best time to be a Sixers fan, but I'll continue we'll see. to say it. Um, I mean, I, I I am intrigued by Dejounte Murray. Uh, I do like, <clears throat> excuse me, I like what he could give the team. I just think uh, going l- a little bit lower than that. I don't know what they could trade for him that the Hawks would say yes to. You know, like I don't like. What are they going to give up? Is it going to if it's like a Springer and Harris and a couple picks, then I would like do something like that. Uh, yeah. I think somebody like more like a Malcolm Brogdon guy on a bad team who's been great for the Celtics. I think he could come in here and help. You know, doesn't have to be the 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 ball handler, but he can handle the ball. He could come off the bench if you really needed him to. I'm pretty sure he's won six man of the year at one point in his career. So uh, I believe he won it over. Uh, was it rookie of the year? He won over Dario and Embiid. Was that him, right, I Malcolm Brogdon? So. Because uh, Embiid didn't play enough games to win the Rookie of the Year award. Surprise, surprise. And then Dario had a decent year, and everyone thought we got robbed because Brogdon won. I thought it was Brogdon, but it could have been somebody else. Uh, either way, I, I love that. I wish we would have picked up Skyler Mays uh, for like a 10-day contract or something, but the Lakers scooped him up. That's somebody I would have liked to bring as like a secondary ball handler. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, that's the thing. I don't know. You're going to need, like, a couple of these games, you're looking at the stats, you could see Embiid, Maxi, and Oubre are the ones putting up points. And then after that, it falls off from everywhere. Like, no one else is. Yeah. Like, what, where's Tobias? You know, like, that, 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 no sometimes idea. that guy, you need to put him on a milk carton and, and find out where he's been. <laughs> he's just been disappearing sometimes. It's, they, they have, they're very, they're very inconsistent. They've played well at times. They've gotten you excited. And then they remind you why. 
you should be a little bit hesitant or worried about them. But we just need to get – Joel needs to get back. I don't care how long it is. Uh, they, they need to make sure he's healthy. And But, again, you, you, you keep him out for maybe a week or two. You come back, and now all of a sudden you're in the fourth or fifth seed, and you're yeah. fighting to get back up to where you were you know, before that. So uh, they, they have problems. The Sixers are in a little bit of uh, – uh, having a little bit of issues right now. But, Ty, we got uh, one more thing to talk about uh, of newsworthy uh, note. That is the Flyers trade Cutter, Cutter Gutier, uh, Goltier. There, I've heard. I've, you know, what's crazy is I can't believe he's American. Is, I, well, he's like he's I Swedish. Don't I don't know. Understand how he's American though. He's born in Sweden. Uh, I, I was, oh, he's like, born uh, yeah, in Sweden. That's why I don't understand. Like, I guess he's like technically okay. an American I citizen. Just, I thought but, he was French Canadian. Yeah, Meanwhile, he's, he's Swedish and American. Yeah, he's a Swedish okay. American. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Confused. Like, and he goes to Boston College, so you're like, all right, that's confusing. Yeah, you're like, and then he's in the U.S. Uh, national Development Team. You're like, okay, <laughs> you know, I, I, William I Cutter Ruel Gautier. Yeah, okay, that's Will. A, I mean, he, yeah, his name's Will. His name, all right, Will Gutier. All right, so Cutter, he uh, he was traded to the Anaheim Ducks for Jamie Drysdale and a second round pick that I believe is next season, the, next year. So it comes out, and it comes out basically that. Mr. Gutierrez was not going to play for the Flyers, did not want to sign with the Flyers, did not want anything to do with the Flyers. He basically turned his back on the organization. They made multiple attempts to kind of speak to him, reconcile whatever their differences was or issues were. Uh, report, you know, there's so many reports flying that he didn't want to play for Tortorella. He didn't trust the rookie GM and uh, Keith Jones situation that he wasn't going to involve themselves with that. Then Kevin Hayes was brought into this somehow. Now Kevin Hayes is getting death <laughs> threats. So it, it got real. Which is funny. Yeah, I mean, it's Which funny. Which is so funny because Kevin Hayes' brother, This well, that's not funny. That, I, it's, I, didn't mean I guess that. We, I was going to say, it's it's funny just because like it's so random. Like, why are you so mad at him? Like, yeah, you should. Yeah, obviously, it goes without saying, like, <laughs> I guess we have to say that. You shouldn't be threatening to kill a, 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 a hockey player yeah. because he got another <laughs> hockey player traded. Like, Get a fucking get a life, dude. But but there are so many wrinkles to this tie that it's like it's hard to figure out what's true and what's not. Yeah, I I mean even Elliot Friedman, who's basically the Adam Schefter of hockey, um, even he's you know kind of confused because I think people are keeping it quiet. There's been rumors. I think the Tortorella rumors have been shut down. Even though I you know I don't I wouldn't want to play for him either. I guess, but um, he's doing a good job this year, right? Can't really be mad at him this year. So I guess, I guess it really all come, came down to him wanting to play last year. And he was the, there was a point in time where he did want to play for the team and he did want to be a flyer and he was happy, right? People keep comparing it to, I don't know, other situations. Dude, I saw a list of somebody that made a all-time, all, top 10 or top 15 Philadelphia sports fans hate list or whatever yeah, you that, want. That, that, that's so and I saw him on there and I'm like, why the fuck is he on there? But J.D. Drew isn't. J.D. Drew told the team, I, I'm not coming, bro, like. No, <laughs> don't draft me. Didn't Eric Lindros also tell um, whoever that was to not draft him, or is that somebody he else? told the Quebec Nordiques to not draft yeah. him, and they drafted him anyway? I, I think there you go. That's the difference, though, Ty. If he would have told the Flyers before, like before, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to play for the Flyers. 
then we it, it, then we could be mad at ourselves for drafting him. I think the difference is here, right. like he changed his mind once he got here. Like something happened, and he was just like, "Yeah, you know what? I I don't want to be here." And then the way he handled it afterwards is just gonna put like I would put him on the hate list, but he's just not gonna be that high. There were there were some names yeah, on there, like Sam Bradford's back. on there. I'm like, why the fuck do you hate Sam Bradford? Sam Bradford was here one season, and he was like, oh, he was okay. He wasn't great. He wasn't yeah, bad. Like, he was he was okay. He was a guy. <laughs> And the team he had was not that great. So the fact that he's like ahead of Scott Rowland or um, you know Ben Simmons or Carson Wentz, like give me a fucking break. But so I guess you know what did happen with Cutter Gauthier. I also kind of want to say like I feel like it's more of his camp than him. I, again, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever know if it's the player, the player's father, uh, the player's camp, his agent. Because you know in hockey and in sports in general, a lot of people have a lot of voices and they, they, they want to exercise their right to defend their client or their son or their brother. And also during world juniors, I think it's very, um, I think it's very um, normal for players, top prospects to kind of be held, um, not held, but like kind of kept quiet and kind of away from everybody and it, it made unavailable. I think that's, that's a thing that happens. I feel like, from what I've from what I've read or what I've heard, it's not out of the ordinary for um, for people to not really be able to meet with their prospects at World Juniors. Everybody wants them to focus and whatnot, and so I guess he wanted to play last year. And the Flyers had a had a overage, right, a bonus, a one point two million dollar bonus overage from last season that would have went up extra two hundred twelve k if Noah Cates made the All Rookie Team. So I guess they were being careful; they didn't want to risk more overage and charges and. Really, if you want to blame anybody for the overages and whatnot, it's the Flyers for giving Rasmus Ristolainen yeah. that contract. So you can really blame them for that. Well, that was again, dumb. Chuck Fletcher. Let's just say that. Chuck that, Fletcher, The new right. regime I mean, was like trying still to still trying to get rid. Spread. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the new guys are really having a hard time trying to, you know, scrub the grease that was Chuck Fletcher. But um, I guess he wanted to play. And they said, well, we, we don't want you to play because we, you know, we would go over by 90K. Would, it would add 90K to our overages, overages, which, I mean, come on. They also um, didn't want him it, to play because he wasn't going to probably, like, like they wanted him to develop in college first before he was going to come right. to the pro. Because you know what would have happened. He would, Torch was going to try and win right away. He would have probably been soft or trying to learn how to, you know, figure out the NHL life, and they wouldn't have had time for him. They'd have been like, yeah, all right, you're But the dead. issue was, like, they were, what, seventh in the division? Like, there, there wasn't oh, really bad. any need or – or want to win like I don't think he would have been like oh we can't play him because we, we're trying to win and he's going to be bad for us like maybe he would have sucked I mean, he was 18 19 but I mean if you look at how good he is I, I feel like he would have played a little bit mainly he just wanted to get some experience and that happens all the time players will burn the first year of their ELC just to get a couple games and just to get familiar and sometimes they'll even sign a, a an AHL tryout the AHL ATO just so they can kind of um, get familiar with the North, North American and the, the minor and minor leagues and the NHL and kind of get used to the ice and how, how different it is and rules-wise. rules, rules wise. And playing with some teammates that you might play with in the future. But I guess he wanted to play. They didn't want him to play, and they said no. And then I guess that must have been what, what did it. It must have been. Um, you know, I, I, just, I just think that when you end up trading your best prospect because you're worried about a small cap overage, Coming off a year where you were seventh in the division, it just kind of seems like roster, uh, just just malpractice roster management wise. Uh, all, all because you signed Rasmus Ristolainen. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know why you would completely ghost 
the entire organization, especially when it's new faces, right? Like Danny Breer, Keith, these guys are kind of new. Like you've talked to them a little bit, right? I think May 11th was, let me go back to this. Yeah. yeah, I guess all, some of this happened before May 11th when Danny, uh, Danny Breer and Keith Jones got hired. And then they, what, they had a zoom call with him a couple weeks later on the 28th when they wanted him to sign. So most something happened in that range where maybe he wasn't really mad at these two. Specifically, maybe it wasn't Danny Breer and Keith Jones. Like, I don't know if they did anything wrong, right? It probably wasn't their call. Maybe it was. I, I don't know. But he must have been mad at the organization and said, you know what? I'm not playing. Fuck this. His agent said, you know, fuck this. Or he told his agent to say fuck this. Or he told his dad or wh- whoever and whatever was the problem. He said, I don't want to play there anymore. I'm not going to play there anymore. Seems very rash. I think um, I think we saw it happen recently with um, fuck's his name? With the Coyotes. Um Logan Cooley, I think I, he's still on the Coyotes, but I think something happened along those lines like that. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems very odd. The, the thing that I really did not love was Danny Briere, Keith Jones going on like a smear campaign. The, oh, the, the next day, I loved it. The very next day, I, you guys are grown ass men going smearing some nineteen year old kid. I don't know. I think it, you know this whole. I saw Danny Carcillo tweet something like. Uh, he's, he's just not he's not tough enough to be in Philly. He doesn't want to be a flyer, so he's not going to be a flyer. I, I, some of that is just a little corny and cringy, but also on the on the opposite end, I don't understand that from the player's outlook. Like, it, you know, the contract's not expiring. It's not like he was about to expire this year, so then he can kind of pick where he goes in free agency, like Kevin Hayes. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like that situation. So I I, I truly wonder if there was more to it. It kind of makes me feel a little weird because Briere and Dan, uh, Keith Jones came out right away. It seemed like they wanted to be the first ones to comment, and they wanted to plant the seed like, nah, he didn't want to be here, so fuck him. And maybe uh, m- maybe that's true. Maybe he didn't want to be here at all, and he just told them to go fuck themselves and ice them out completely after one little disagreement. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it just seems a little bit, you know, on both sides, I think it's a little mismanaged. Ty, all I had to hear was a couple of the stories of them trying to go meet with him in college, you know, sending like John, like he wouldn't talk to John LeClaire, wouldn't talk to Patrick Sharp, wouldn't talk to any of these guys. I'm pretty sure Danny Briere or some, but one of these guys went to go visit him at, at college at, at one of his practices, and he sent his college coach out of the locker room to tell them that he wasn't going to talk to them. Like that's insane. Like you, you yeah. like that. You are a fucking coward. I, I, I have no love for this kid whatsoever. Obviously, I shouldn't, but it, it's. It, just the way he handled this whole situation was horrible. It was it was horrible. His team, whatever it was, they didn't care, though. They just simply did not want to play here. I don't know what their problem was with yeah. the city or with the organization or whatever it is, the, 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 all the different reasons. Until he comes out and says it himself, I won't believe anything that he, that he has to say or anything that comes out about it. And honestly, I don't believe anything he has to say because he was not man enough to even come out and say it to them. So... I think the Danny Briere and uh, Keith Jones, they had to do that, though, Ty, because we were, as a fan base, we're going to lose our fucking minds because we have been hyping this kid up for, I mean, we like, we're a, we're a fan base that is starving for some young talent. We have been dying on this hill for years now. We haven't had a guy come up that has been, you know, like, that highly touted, and it seems like forever. 
And that kid's over there you know, at the World Juniors tearing it up. Tearing it up. So yeah. it's like we're, we're all excited. We're, we're retweeting his videos of him scoring these goals, and we're like, dude, I can't wait till Cutter gets here. I was just talking with my boy Corey the other day saying, like, dude, it's going to be sick when we have him and Mitch Kov together. Like, it's hockey's yeah. going to – hockey's coming back. Like, it's here. And then he gets traded. The first instinct of everybody was like, what the fuck are the Flyers doing? Like, what, why would they trade him? What are you? So, like, they had to come out and say that. I think they did it in the nicest way possible. They, I think they wanted to be like, fuck that kid. He's a fucking pussy. But they didn't say that. They were just like, well, if you, uh, you, you know, you don't want to be a flyer, then uh, you won't be. You know, uh, that's just how, how it goes. So that's, like, a, that's a pretty good That's a pretty good one. Like that? Yeah. But it's, yeah. I, I've been doing the Canadian <laughs> accent for quite some time. But uh, <laughs> the no. Breer one's very, very specific. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the Flyers, uh, they didn't play well. Uh, it's like, you know, it, it, <laughs> I understand. I, I get what, what you're saying, though. Like, it, it is a little nuts. But I think in this specific situation, it called for it because that kid put them in a bad spot, man. He really did. It's he he should have like he told. Apparently, they knew this a year ago. So, like, the, like you said, like the second they got hired, they were like, "Yo, like, what's uh, you know what's going on?" Yeah. And he, they were like, nah, they were like basically, basically no, no. They didn't talk to him. They didn't want anything to do with him. We don't want to be a flyer. We don't want to play in Philadelphia. Well, is there anything we can do to change that? No answer. No answer. No answer. No answer. Just wanted nothing yeah. to do with them. They were going to do the Kevin Hayes thing and wait till you know. I guess he was going to keep just playing in college. That's what it yeah. sounded like the plan was, and then he was just going to go in the free agency when the thing runs out. I I, I don't yeah. know, but it, it well, went about as ducks. well. It went about as well as it did. So yeah, yeah now well, he's in the Ducks. With Trevor Zegras, who, by the way, was like inseparable from Jamie Drysdale. So, uh, I mean, he even had a quote where he said, "We pee together," which I thought was a bit much. But, oh, wow! Uh, yeah, it's a little it's, hockey culture is a little weird, but yeah, it is. Um, Jamie Drysdale was a top five pick, uh, unless he was six a couple of years ago. But yeah, he was six. He uh, he hasn't panned out yet. Again, he's twenty one, I think. Right, so super young. He was on a really fucking bad team with the Ducks. Um, but he played like every game a couple of years ago. Didn't play much last year, and I think he might have been hurt. And then this year he's only played ten games, one goal, four assists. But I mean, that's it's just a big downgrade prospect wise. I mean, Cutter Gauthier has a, has a chance. I saw somebody say, "Well, yeah, they did, they were they didn't want him anyway. He wanted to play center." I was like, "Bro, that that means absolutely nothing." Connor Bedard wants to play center. You think they're going to tell him, "Hey, you can't play center." They're going to try, and, and when it doesn't work, they're going to be like, "Yo, we got to switch you to wing." Same thing with Gauthier. I don't know if he could play center. Probably not. But you try, and then you put him on the wing. Um, but man, he is—he's like one of the best prospects in hockey right now. Jamie Drysdale. Maybe at one point he was, but man, he is not anymore. He's kind of fizzled out. It's not all over for sure. A change of scenery could definitely help. It's helped in hockey for many, many different players. Um, maybe, maybe less taxes. Maybe he'll like that, right? Because California will tax the shit out of you. Yeah. Um, not being with Zegras. Probably not great. I'm sure he doesn't love that. Um, but I'm sure he, he has a little bit more help now around him uh, defensively and maybe offensively also. Um, definitely on a better team. Um, but, you know, and you also get a second-round pick, which should be a decently early second-round pick next year. But still, I think it's a huge downgrade, right? I, I think the only reason he went as high as he did in that draft was because uh, there was a lack of defensemen in that draft. It was pretty much all wingers, all forwards, and then you had Amasov, the goalie, who went high and um, he was just like one of two or three defensemen that went top 15 ish, I think something like that. So, you know, I think that's, I just think it's a bit, it's a big downgrade. Like you really have to hope Jamie Drysdale pans out and turns into a top, top four, top two 
defenseman or else, you know, I understand all the circumstances. Like you kind of had to trade the kid, right? Especially while you could, while people didn't know that he wanted out, right? Because everybody knew that nobody would have given up, given up even, yeah. even eventually you give up a fourth round pick. And then you'd be like, wow, we got a fourth round pick for a, a top five prospect. That's not good. So at least you got something. But it, it doesn't look great from that from that angle. And, uh, you know, Philly fans, I don't think they're going to get mad at Briere or, Dan, or Keith Jones. You know how Philly fans are. They're going to get behind this behind this regime and they're going to say, fuck this kid. And he's going to get booed when he comes back. And he if he does, if he does, we'll see. Um, but I think from a talent perspective, they really lose this deal in a big way. And I think, you know, it's not the best start for the new regime, but I, I guess their hands were kind of tied. Yeah, yeah I guess like, their hands were kind of tied. So, I mean, I don't really know. There's no win-win here. I think everybody loses, honestly. I, I think this kid loses tremendously. I think so, too. I, I think it, it, for Cutter, it would have been a perfect situation for him to step into, I, I would think, that rather than going to Anaheim, who no yeah. one's – I mean, I guess it's better to live in California, but no one's really – you're not – those guys aren't going to be good for a while as well. Like, yeah, it's going to take same, a little bit. They're in the same position that we are. And like you said, like Zegris, they're already talking about him maybe getting moved. Like he's the next guy that they're kind of just like cleaning house over there and that they might just like, you know, Rangers, Crazy. Flyers, like all these different teams, like all, all these different like, you know, websites and stuff are like, well, maybe he could get traded next. Like even, you know, reputable sources are talking about that. So, uh, you know, may, I don't know if that's what, the, you know, he's still young. A lot of these guys are young. I don't know if that's, what, you know, exactly the move. But right. like you said, that guy was – you know, best buddies with uh, Drysdale. He was holding his sword while he was uh, taking a leak. So it's allegedly. So you know, allegedly. who who knows? But I, I, I'm just. I, I, it's a shame that the Flyers were put in this position. It really is. Uh, it's upsetting that we don't get to see Cutter here in Philadelphia when we were so excited about him. You know, for this past year. But I, I, again, I don't think he would have. If this is his mentality, and he was this scared to even talk to people then I don't think it would have worked out here anyway. You know, he may, he may wind up being a great player, but it's more than just being a great player, being a professional athlete. You know, you have to deal with a certain level of scrutiny. Now, maybe in Anaheim, I don't even know who reports on hockey in Anaheim. I don't know. Not many people. Yeah, what the deal is. I don't know. I really don't even know. But it's, you know, here in Philly, it's a little bit more intense, I guess, than it would have been there. I don't think that that had anything to do with it. I think it was just more of a, uh, his, probably his management or team just, making a bigger deal out of something than it needed to be. And it just kind of snowballed. And they, instead of, hey, hey like, let's all meet. Let's get to the table. Let's talk about this. It just got worse and worse and worse. I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't wait to hear the story know, right? of what happened. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see if somebody else played a part. Well, his dad, his mom, his brother, his cousin, his agent. Kevin Hayes. Uh, the, like, that's what they keep saying. Kevin Hayes. It, the Boston College head coach. Yeah, it, I don't know. Somebody. Don't know. I'm not even saying it's one of them. I'm just saying, like, so, like I want to know what the actual, like, straw that broke the camel's back sort of thing was. Like, what made him not want to come here? Was it the fact that they yeah. want that bonus overage thing? Like, okay, like I, I still don't get it, but I can at least understand it from uh, an a, in an aspect. You know, like I, I just. Right now, it makes no sense if it's just like, oh, I didn't like the, you know, like all the different reports are just people guessing. I didn't like the coach. Yeah. I didn't like the rookie GM. Like that's uh, that's basically what it was. Well, like rookie GM. That's a, not not Danny Briere. You know, a guy who's played right. in the biggest games and that and that hockey has to offer. It's just rookie GM. Okay, but I just like I I, I do like Ty. Um, one more thing before we wrap this up is I like how united the Philadelphia fan base became. 
and hatred towards Mr. Cutter Gutierrez. It, 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 it reinvigorated, it reinvigorated this fan base. You knew they were going to rally against the kid, even if it's not the kid's fault. So uh, I, I don't know. None of us. Nobody knows. Even if Elliot Friedman doesn't know, I fucking don't know. So yeah. I'd, I'd like to reserve a little bit of judgment, but it looks bad on both sides. It kind of reminds me of of like when guys uh, when when baseball front offices keep players in the minor leagues to um, you know delay their service time so they don't have to pay them as much and keep going arbitrate arbitration year arbitration year like the Cubs yeah. did with Chris Bryant. Which was just insane. They didn't want. To, they didn't want to call him up. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll put him in AAA. He's hitting like six fifty. It's like, bro, <laughs> you know. So maybe it's like this. You know, they don't want to burn. They want to kind of delay. Um, they want to delay his RFA and UFA statuses by a year, costing him possibly millions of dollars. Uh, so I think it's just mismanagement on both sides. You know, they they fucked up. They lost a prospect. He fucked up. He lost an opportunity, and now he's kind of in a bad light. You know, now he's in Anaheim. Maybe that team is a complete dumpster fire. They already are. A complete dumpster fire. Maybe the Flyers are ready to ready to compete next year or in two or three years. So he, I think, lost out on a chance there, and now he's being vilified all over the city. Even other fans are, are yeah. making him out to be the bad guy. So that that's that's where he fucked up. That's where his his camp fucked up, and I think the the, the Flyers camp fucked up. So everybody fucked up in this. Maybe it was the old Flyers regime. Maybe it wasn't really as much. Maybe the new regime came in and and. Who knows? I, again, I, I don't even want to try to guess and act like I know what the fuck I'm talking about because I don't. So just an all-around messy situation. I, I am always in the belief that these are young kids and you know they're weird, right? In, in college recruiting, I think there's always weirdness going on, but you got to know that. And from a, a higher-up perspective, a front office perspective, you got to just try to do what you can to keep these guys. But I guess there was just no keeping him in this situation, so... You know what? What can you do? You, you can't just let him walk like the Blackhawks let Kevin Hayes walk, and I'm still mad at him for that. So I guess I'm not. You know, I'm not really one to talk about forgiving a kid. So yeah, it's just that that you when you get drafted though, like you can't get that back. You can't put that. You know, like you you can't bottle that back up. It's you screwed us. You know, whether yeah. whoever whoever was right or wrong, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you you really did screw us, and it's hard for us to kind of. You know, get back from that, bounce back from that, and hopefully this Drysdale kid turns into a, you know, competent, you know, sort of power play guy. Like I've heard a lot of different explanations of what he could bring to the team. I'll be excited. At least he's a guy who can help them this season, right now. You know, so yeah, yeah that's the one positive. But you know, uh, this is going to be a continuing story, and the hatred for Mister Cutter is going to continue. Mister William Gutierrez is going to continue to go. So. Ty, on that note, I think we should get out of here. I think we did a great service to the people today. A nice hour, 21 minutes of hockey content, football content, basketball content. I almost said soccer. I was like, we did not talk well, about soccer. Well, football. Mbappe, let's, let's see him in Liverpool. But uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Ty, it has been an honor. We will be back uh, later on this week. Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. Finally. We're back, baby. The UFC is back. We have a We're card. starting off here hot. Yeah, uh, I, this card's honestly decent. I, I kind of looked at it today. I was like, "Oh, okay, this isn't bad. I, I can fuck with this." Manel Cops getting getting in there. You know, he's uh, one of uh, everyone's favorite fighter. He is a uh, big supporter of the LGBTQ movement. So uh, there you go. So my name is Matt McSweeney. I'm Ty Capone. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, please, if you tell somebody something like, "Hey, yeah, I would be honored to be a flyer," make sure you stick to your word and be a man about it.